Welcome to Critical Role Models, a show where two nerdy-ass podcasters sit around and talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and how to level up your skill in storytelling and roleplay as shown by the greats, the cast of Critical Role. I am Joshua Selesnik, a professional dungeon master and trained actor who's been a fan of Critical Role for years. And I'm Devorah Lewis, I go by Dev for short, and I'm a librarian by day and a fantasy author by night. I discovered Critical Role at the same time I started playing a few years ago, and I've been a fan ever since. This podcast was created because we would have these conversations about what we could learn from the cast of Critical Role and how we can adopt that in our own role play. And we had so much fun talking about it that we felt like critters and non-critters alike would appreciate hearing these conversations and can then bring some insights back to their own tables. These episodes are bi-weekly and will be 30 to 45 minutes so you can get back to your Critical Role content. We hope you have as much fun listening to us as we did recording this podcast. Enjoy. For this next episode, we're going to talk about character voices. Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. (laughs) I'll bet 12 of them. (laughs) So there's thousands of character voices Mm -hmm. that we actually hear in Critical Role. We're talking mostly about the three campaigns, right? And Matt plays... So many NPCs, and well, we're gonna do this segment early. Crit roll stat Matt had created over 2,300 NPCs, courtesy of our friends from Crit Roll Stats. And I don't know how many of these he actually did voices for versus just describing them there in the scene, but I would be willing to bet he did voices for a lot of them. Yep, I would agree. It's like, how do you do that as a DM? How do you think of voices for all these NPCs? Remember them. And then, of course, later down the road, sessions later, you have to remember them again. If somebody's, I want to go talk to so-and-so, and and you didn't think that they were going to talk to so-and-so. Yes, and that is what we are here to talk about today. Doing voices, how to do them well, and how to remember them. Hopefully, we haven't thought of that part. As a DM, that's right, yeah. But it applies to players, too. If you're doing any character with a voice... This should help, but mostly right. we're focusing on NPCs. We're focusing, yeah, on NPCs, but yeah, the creation of the voice itself could help you with creating a voice for a PC. Yeah. Cool. In some interviews that I've read or heard Matt do with various content creators mm-hmm. is that the way that he creates voices, he actually like practices these voices. And I think I've even heard him make comments like this. That Marisha is, oh, what's that voice he's doing? I think the cast would make jokes about, wow, what, what that must have been like to hear him practicing these voices at home before he actually used it. I can't think of the exact example where that happened, but I think it was recently, like in campaign three. And we experienced that because you're a DM and I'm a player in your campaign. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a co-DM with you for a session that we do. And so we're practicing voices like all the time. It's true. Yeah, we practice them a lot. And it's one of the best parts. I love exploring a new voice and we're going to see who this is and what they talk like. We just introduced Will of the Feywild from the Witchlight campaign. And I got to play this little kid who's 12 and absolutely knows what he's supposed to do. And gosh darn it, we're going to beat that old hag. You just wait. Yeah, he's a fun character. And the, the voice and personality that you chose to go along with it really, they really matched well together. Yeah. That's a lot of it. Some of that personality comes from the voice that you create. To create this voice, 
Some of the advice that Matt gave, not just practicing the voices, but you can practice it in the shower, you can practice it while, dri while driving. You and I practice these voices together. Like we'll be having a conversation with each other and then all of a sudden start doing character voices that we've never done before. And then yep. bam, we have another character we want to play. It's a lot of fun when you have somebody else to riff off of, but you can do it alone too. Yeah, I could not recommend it more highly to have someone to practice your voice with. Because if you can totally get into character with someone else, that's actually the experience that you're gonna have at the table with your party. Because you're gonna be this, you're gonna be t relating to them using that voice. You're gonna, one of the bits of uh, vocal technique that I learned that helped me a lot when I was learning like a Scottish voice was, but this, this applies to any voice, was talk to someone in your life in that voice and tell them what you did that day mm. in the voice and but be as as casual and normal as you can so i'd be like all right so today is my girlfriend's birthday so i woke up and i cuddled her in her bed and then made her breakfast no she made breakfast and then we had to prepare for this podcast that we're doing later she got out her laptop and we started working on it and wow, that's not familiar at all doing that <laughs> the, what that wasn't your morning <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> so anyway that I'm, I'm just throwing that out there, i love so. that accent that was one of the technique. first accents i think i fell in love with that yeah. you did yeah. james rose from the campaign that's and speaking of falling in love like we did that through character voices we did do we, you want to tell the story yeah we like I don't know who's, I think it was our mutual friend had this idea to take the master class. I'm blanking on it exactly. It was a- Oh, master class on voice acting. I guess was Nancy Cartwright. The woman who did Bart Simpson was the teacher. So she, our friend wanted to watch these episodes together and then talk about it and practice voices because she noticed like how much fun and how into it we would get with our characters during the session with the different voices that we would do and she also wanted to work on her own character voice i think her ulterior motive was to put set us up together and i do think that because when we the first session that we did she wasn't able to make it and so it was just you and me practicing these character voices and i remember prepping for that the day of and having have a conversation with five characters created and i had arali which is like a Tiger, Arlai, I'm a white tiger, tabaxi. And just that voice cannot, I cannot do that long term. So we'll talk about that in a second, mm -hmm. like how to choose a good voice for, yeah, yeah, for sure. a PC, for an NBC. So that's Arlai. And then I had four other voices. And one of them was Baba Yaga. She'd talk like this and she got sayings, kill two birds with one kitty cat kind of thing. And uh, we'll come to that bridge when we, what's it? What do I say? We burn that bridge when we come to it. Something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, so. And then I did this for you, and I think you said that you were like blown away by that. I think from that moment you started having a huge crush on me. Point is, we're not telling you to go have character voice sessions and... and I don't know what the point is anymore, but I do have a huge crush on you. <laughs> Thanks. The point is that get in a group, get with somebody, at Work. least one other person. Maybe there's somebody in your adventuring party already that wants to practice voices. And Masterclass is a great way to yeah. do that. It's how we did it. They're not sponsoring us but we're just gonna put it out there that was one way that we did it and how we've continued to do it now is just by the conversations which is what we said earlier yeah the conversations were, are incredibly helpful whenever we're working on something and we're imagining what because we co-dm as well a campaign mm -hmm. and so that by the way i could not recommend highly enough to anyone out there who has 
a friend that they're close with or a partner or whatever that they would co-DM with because it is so stimulating to have someone else to work on these ideas with and, and work it out loud. Whenever we're preparing a new NPC, we'll test out the voice of the character. Like if it's going to be a hag, you'll tell me about the hag from the story and then I'll go, well, maybe she's going to talk a little bit like this. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I'll try something on and you can help me workshop it and we start to figure out what she got to say, what does she have to communicate in the story? Because one of the key things with any voice is what does this character have to communicate to the party or to the to everyone else? If it's someone as rich as a hag who's like a main villain, they're going to have a lot to communicate. They're going to have things that they want and need from the party. They're going to have things that they're hiding. They're going to have all this subtle stuff going on. To throw it to critical role, we were just watching episode 38 and they're picking up their sky ship in the airport and Matt creates this little NPC who's like this scrawny kid with hair all over the place and buck teeth and freckles and <laughs> whatever. And he's incredibly shy and he's just there as a messenger. So he's the kid, the NPC is almost designed for this. He's like, hey, here you go. Here's what you're waiting for. Your papers are ready. <laughs> and then they're like, the players are intimidating the kid a little bit and being like, you sure these are all in order? And he's like, yeah, I think so. All right, I gotta go. And then ran away. So that character had something to communicate to the party. There was like a reason for them to exist. How many hours before we can set off? Well, I mean, you just need to get the paperwork. And at this point, you see one of the, like this kind of uh, uh, airy port courier kind of comes up. This younger, looks like 16 year old, like scrawny, extremely pronounced uh, Adam's apple, um, human uh, boy, scraggly, uh, like oh. kind of mouse brown hair that kind of just sits around the shoulders. You can barely see his eyes, it kind of covers the front. And he's wearing kind of a, a simpler version of the vest that uh, Captain uh, Tang was wearing and kind of walks up and was like, Oh, excuse me, this is, uh, I was told to deliver this over. This. Oh, thank, thank okay. you. Okay, I think we finished your paperwork. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, here, here, here. I love ah! Oh. Fuck, I always forget. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I have a silver and I throw it at his forehead. <laughs> oh, thanks. Picks it up and puts it in his pocket. You're, you're, you're welcome, be gone. Okay. <laughs> Runs off, Sanders goes, <laughs> I always told them there are ghosts around the, the docks, <laughs> really? and um, finally paid off. Oh my god, you should have told me. I should totally do like a little illusion. Like... Yeah. It all begins with a voice, is mm -hmm. what you were saying, though. Sometimes yeah. the character comes first, and then it's... You need, yeah. Like as a DM, sometimes you're like, man, I really need to be able to deliver a message to the party. Okay. They're in the Feywild. Maybe I'll invent a fairy that's going to show up. And then the character comes mm -hmm. first, and then you're like, and the fairy shows up, and you're like, hey guys, I got this message for you, and I hope you like it. <laughs> you know? Some other advice that Matt has given is mixing voices together. So using characteristics from one voice and adding it to another, like adding it to another, or even in the masterclass that we watched, just changing your, like how high your voice is. I forget all the words that the, it talked about what you can do with your voice. It's been years, it's okay. Yeah, for example, I have Bubiaga, she talked like this, but I also have a character named Sabira who has a little bit of Bubby in her, but it's different. I'm using the similar voice and it's, Sabira talks more, she talks lower, and she does have a bit of this accent, but it's not 
so much and her personality. You can hear how different her personality is even though there's a similarity in the accent. It's true. I'm just blown. I, I love Sabira. <laughs> yeah, I love her too. And so I think that's part of mixing voices is, is what's a voice that I'm comfortable doing and then how can I adjust it a little bit mm -hmm. and still be comfortable and know that it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You're reminding me, sorry if I'm going, you're reminding me a good technique is to ask you questions and then your character answers it. This is something else you can do if you have a partner to work with, but saying, so Sabira, is there anyone that you like in the police force that you work with? Is there anyone that you like? Oh, I like to work alone, you know, but uh, my boss is okay, I guess. Okay. When he's not uh, looking over my shoulder and uh, I can go sit and watch people from afar and write my stories. Oh, well, I'll keep that between you and me. Yes, you, you better do that or I'm going to have to write you up. <laughs> You're going to be a character in my story and I'm going to kill you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can see here with Deb, like, that gave you the freedom. The question was nice, but it also gave you the freedom to explore answering it and take it in a direction, yeah. too, which was really cool. And if people don't have a partner yet, they could always record themselves and listen to it, but it's hard to listen to yourself, especially if you're not a trained... So I'm not a trained actor, yeah. and I, we should also say that you don't need to be a trained actor or voice actor to no. do voices. Everybody has that potential in them, even if it's just changing the pitch of your voice. Yeah. Adding a lisp and, uh, you know, Tiffany sets. It's, you don't have to be an actor. I'm not an actor. I am the strongest man who's ever lived. Yeah. Like you're doing a little bit of something a little nasally there and you added yeah. a lisp. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be, you don't have to have gone to taking these classes yeah. in order to do it. You just play around and see what you're able to do like with your mouth and the sounds you're able to make. And it does help having somebody you trust and feel safe with there to give you feedback. Yes absolutely essential you're right and you know i think after with enough time it becomes muscle memory too you know how to create a nasally voice character without really thinking about it <laughs> and it just comes through pretty pretty naturally like you're, you're just doing something in your mouth ultimately to make that come through so yeah practice and i will say that some of the voices that i do as a dm um they do sound a little too similar. I'm still working on this muscle. Mm -hmm. And whenever we do like little kids, I just revert to a little lisp. So I have my standard Chipathy Delaseps. Chipathy Delaseps, I'm at your service. I'm gonna be the detective on the case. And then when we do other little kids, I do the same lisp. Crabaclaw talks like this too. And actually that might sound a little different, but it's still to other, to players, I think it's, it might not be as different. It's not as distinct as As you. distinct as I would like it to be. If you do you have any tips for distinguishing NPCs, specifically when it comes to the voice, yeah. Or maybe it's there's something else that you should take into consideration. No, no. We're talking about the voice, so I think that's... Yeah. There's other things you can do, but if we're going to keep it focused... Yeah, what you were employing there with Chip, I think, was a lisp and like a fairly high voice. So one thing you could have done was try a lower voice kid. And then another thing you can try, too, is changing the pace mm -hmm. of it, too. So someone who talks a little 
slower and has to think through what they're saying Mm -hmm. that you could play with the pace and the kind of tonality or if it's high or if it's low and then also if you wanted to do a nasal kid you could do a nasal kid or the, the, that's kind of a couple of ideas I could mm-hmm. throw out there. I know we plugged it already, but the master class was really thorough and, yeah. and goes into a lot of the details of like where in the mouth you can place things to create different character voices and effects. I agree. Chipathy actually was born out of oh, that yeah, that's right. class. And yeah. there is a character that you create called Chip and just <laughs> went with it there that had a lisp. And so that was definitely inspired and created from that. When you were saying slowing it down i think that's like the easiest thing that a player or yeah a player can do or a dm you could do the same voice just slow it down a little and see how it feels different if typically talks a little slower like this maybe it wouldn't and and i already feel my voice like not being as high when i slow down Mm -hmm. i think that's a good place to start when you're trying to distinguish npcs and you just feel comfortable doing a certain type of voice yeah and you don't have to do accents wasn't an accent that we were doing. Yes, we were doing like a little bit of a list, but you can also just change like the way that you say things. Yeah, that's you... trickier, but yeah. Like a certain way of phrasing things yeah. can, can change it for sure. We should warn folks, or something that people should take into consideration is you want to... Accents are fun to do, but you want to avoid stereotypes. And that is a piece of advice that Matt gives in mm-hmm. interviews that I've read. And it's something that we also try to follow yeah i think as much as possible practice them ahead of time and be conscious because then you can add some nuance to the character and as long as the character especially this also comes into how you're portraying the character in the story because if you just accentuate the things that are stereotypical about them and don't fully humanize them and make them into a, a character with some depth then yeah you're gonna you're, you, the worst offenders will be just creating someone who's like a cartoon character from like the early Looney Tunes days or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if one way to do this is to just watch videos of how to do certain accents. Sure. That's one way to create a voice is to watch. I watched a youth for Sabira. I wanted to try to do more of a Persian accent and um, I watched videos on it. I, you know, ran it by a friend who is Persian and wanted to provide feedback. But if you focus on their personality and how they act, I think it's it would it's easier for you to avoid those stereotypes. Just be mindful of it. That's great, Deb. Super thoughtful. Yeah. For NPCs. Okay. When you're a DM, there are like so many NPCs that pop up. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this earlier about how a player will all of a sudden bring them up. Hey, I want to send, what is it, message or what's it, sending or whatever that spell is. I want to send a message to my sister who I haven't talked to in years. Yeah. Or I want to send a message to some wizard that we talked to 20 sessions ago that helped us or whatever. Yeah. And you have to remember their voice. How do you remember the voice before I tell you what Matt says? It's a little, I don't really actually have a particularly good system for it. I just go, I think they sounded like this and then jump in. Yeah. And to a degree that's okay because your party probably won't remember it super well either. And if you're at a home game, it's all good. But this is like the different levels of performer because Matt's amazing, right? And consistency is so important with Matt because he's got so many eyes on him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. (laughs) I am not an expert on this one, but. 
So no player has ever said, that's not how that character sounds. And no one but you, probably. I think you, you've what? caught it. Well, you've caught it a couple times whenever I've done a character that's got... Yeah, there has been a couple right. times. But yeah, now that I'm experiencing how it feels to be a DM... I'm definitely more forgiving. <laughs> I don't remember voices that I did like last session. <laughs> and and one way to make sure that you remember is, and this is something that Matt does, is he keeps track of NPC traits on a piece of paper, which includes their voice, like little just words that will help him remember how they talk. And That's, that would be the way to do it. Like their vocal texture. And so then it's easier for him to come back to. Yeah they show up again but he's really good at it and so again we want to remind our listeners that there's no pressure to be matt mercer yeah that there are things that we can aspire to and things that we can adopt and add to our game and really the only way to get to his level is with practice and to love doing it yeah because both of those things are true for him and he's a voice actor. And he's <laughs> Remind yourself a voice actor. he's a voice actor. <laughs> Does this for his career. Yeah. They all are. They're a bunch of nerdy ass. Voice actors. Exactly. Before we move on to talking about PC voices. Sure. I would like to know who's your favorite NPC or one of your favorite NPCs. And we're just talking about from what we've seen from campaign one, two, or three. It's Pumat Soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely in my top too. <laughs> Isn't he so good? Yeah. I don't even know can if I can describe... do it. It's like this Canadian voice that's like really nasally and He's big. a Pumat Soul, so a furbog. He's a wizard. Campaign he, two. He runs a shop called enchanter. the... He's an enchanter. Yeah. Enchanter Pumat Soul yeah. called the Invulnerable Vagrant. And he runs it with a bunch of his clones who are all there helping him make the magic items for the shop. Yeah. And sometimes you get... A clone at the desk because the real Pumat soul is in the back. Yeah. And. Can you try to do his voice? Um, it's similar so, to Caduceus's. It's a little, yeah. Uh, oh, hey there. No, I can't do it. Yeah, I, no, I that was, that's a good, that's a good start. That yeah. Was, yeah, that was close. I it's okay. It. No, we'll we'll put in a clip. Yeah, we'll put in a clip. But I just know that Josh is super talented and can do many voices. Big <laughs> smile on his face as he spins around. Yes, uh, I'm happy to help you. <laughs> Before we can get to that, I just have to say you're respectfully terribly filthy. And this is an establishment that I have to insist requires some more cleanliness. And as he kind of waves his hand in front of you, you watch as all the dirt on your coat just begins to sift away. And you see before you, the first time since you've met, a sparkly clean Caleb. Caleb, what have you done to him? What have you done to Caleb? Oh, you're just Whoa. you're just an excitable little friend there, aren't you? This giant hand goes out. So for me, Please. the NPC that I would say there's so many. And Pumat was definitely one of them. But I think the top would be Orly Skiffback from Campaign Two. And I don't know if you knew this, but this character was created out of a 826 LA charity push, which included a crowdsourced NPC. So people voted on traits that they wanted in an NPC to be introduced into Campaign 2. And they voted on a turtle, a folk hero, who was a bard, 
who is an enchanting tattooist with a stutter, who had one eye and had a Cajun accent. This was from people voting and then we get Orly, the treasure that is Orly, probably one of the most beloved NPCs, at least in campaign two. So unique. We'll get a clip of Orly yeah. too, I think. Got you with this one eye. How about this then? Let's trade a story, huh? Okay. You tell, tell me where you're from and why brought you into my table. Then maybe I'll tell you how I lost this, huh? Okay. Um, well, I'm from um, up the street, kind of. I'm the daughter of the ruby of the sea. I wasn't aware of that before, and I wanted to just learn a little bit more about Orly, and I came across that. And that shows how Matt creates NPCs. I wonder how, how often he does this, where he just, if he picks randomly, and then he's, I'm gonna create a character out of that. Or just give me a prompt and I'll do it. And that's another exercise that people can probably do, right? Just, I don't know, random generate a character yeah. and pick a voice and see where, where it takes you. That could work. That sounds intimidating, but it could probably work. Yeah, it's a, you know, when you feeling bored, like you've already used up all your <laughs> oh, other, ideas. other ideas. Or if you have an NPC that you really need to introduce and you want to yeah. add some flair to them. How fun though, to yeah. have the audience involved in that way. Yeah, Deb, that's so special. Yeah. Thanks for doing that research. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, but Matt's got so many great voices. Like Estras, <laughs> that voice. Let me get you some ginger snap cookies. Yes, it's just, He's so good at those deep voices, too. Yeah, he is. He's a charmer. Do you want to talk about PCs? Actually, before we do that, let's do our segment. Boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. Who would you want to do blank with from Critical Role? This is the question for this would be like, whose character voice would you want to adopt as your own and create a character off that? It would probably be Caduceus Clay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one that I would aspire to would be Caleb, because I think Liam O'Brien does such a great job with that German accent and making him this really deep layered character and stuff. Like I really, I try to do a German accent all the time, but it's, that's an accent that I have not been able to do particularly well. But you know what, if, I, if I'm giving myself some credit and learning, actually, you know what, yeah, I'll change it. I think this would be the one. So I think I could probably do Caduceus. In his own way, but I think I'd be more interested to, to do Caleb. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I have heard your German accent. It is good, but there's something about... It needs work, yeah. For me, that's hard to choose. But in this newer campaign, we have Fern, played by Ashley Johnson, and it's just this breathy, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just gonna steal this. I can't do it exactly like her, but there's just something fun about talking that way and playing a character like that, and you, all while tr not sounding like a Disney princess, <laughs> which I've tried to do this voice, and, and it does come off that way a little bit. I'm sorry you think that, because I really do feel that you do it really well. So. Oh, really? Oh, thank you. Yeah, so she like talks like this, and I don't know, and it just seems very easy. It seems like an easy voice that she's doing. Mm -hmm. I think actually like all her voices seem like she just does something very, she does something subtle, 
I like her Yasha voice. And then Fern. I know we're not going to talk about all their character voices, but there's something subtle that she does with mm -hmm. her voice, and it still just shows you a different kind of character. Yeah. So there's Fern. I do want to say something that I observed. Campaign 1, I noticed a lot of the players had English accents. Campaign 2, I don't think they had a lot of similar ones. But Campaign 3, a lot of them had Western Southern accents. Huh. So I just think it's interesting that sometimes their characters end up having not similar voices, but similar accents. Yeah. And I don't know if that just happened by accident. It probably did, because I think when they first did that in Campaign 3, they were all surprised at how many of them were talking like this. They're from the South or from... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. For voices, whether you're doing a PC or an NPC, one last tip that I would say is it's important that it's a voice that is sustainable. So I had mentioned Arali earlier, and I was actually playing him in another campaign. And I would try to do his voice, but I can't like talk like this. Like it's gonna hurt my throat, I can't do it. It might be easier for you to do a voice, like a gruff voice. Yeah, than probably it, I could, yeah. Yeah, it's just not in my range. And so even if it was an NPC, if it was an NPC, I think I could do it, just little short bits of him. But it's important when you're doing a voice that it's one that you can just do for a long time and also not annoy yourself. <laughs> you don't want to pick a voice that annoys you. <laughs> I I don't know if I've ever been annoyed by a voice that I've done. But anyway, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah you don't want one that's going to feel awkward or annoying. Yeah, and then that's going to have a physical impact on you. Yeah, I think you can get away with that if you're a DM and you're just creating an NPC. You can, you can do something that's a little weirder. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something you can sustain. I think with a PC, it's so important to see if you can do it long term, which is why another fun thing you can do if you're on your own is do that sort of narrating your day thing to yourself or like just think all your thoughts out loud while you're cooking dinner. It's good to do while you're doing something. Mm -hmm. um, while you're cooking dinner, cook dinner as your character and talk out loud through what you're doing. Oh man, where did I put the sugar? All right, two scoops of brown sugar. We're gonna put that in there and mix it up and oh, shoot. Oh, there's the pot. All right, got it, get the water. Cool, doing good. And if you do that and you find that you're enjoying it and having little moments with yourself, that's probably a sustainable voice that you have mm. on your hands versus one that's something you can use as a flash in the pan but won't actually stick it out. One thing that I think is really beautiful too, just to share on this whole thing, because it ties back to character, is that no matter what character voice you're doing, no matter what accent you're doing, even if it's something super weird and wacky that's like not who you really are, every character is actually a reflection of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that the game with its, whenever you're putting something out there like that, it's always an aspect of yourself that you're showing to the world, even if it seems really different from you. I also wanna say, if people are feeling like discouraged, like keeping a voice up, is that it's okay for your voice, for your character to change. Here's yeah. a perfect example of it happening in Critical Role. Again, I know we're using Campaign 2 a lot as an example, but it's, it has so many great examples in it. Sure. Sam Regal's character, Not the Brave, how he tried to do a Cockney accent in the beginning. Oh, and yeah. then it just evolved to not as much of an accent and more of just like a high-pitched voice in a certain way that he talked. Here's episode one. Oh, you're, uh, you're finally awake, I see. <laughs> Oh yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's on. Oh, 
<laughs> you were out for quite some time there. Rough day, eh? Not our best day, no. No, I mean, usually you're so good at, at everything, but yesterday you were just... Maybe you needed the sleep, it's what you needed. Uh, uh, thank you. And here's the last episode. As the night draws to a close, I'll just say my goodbyes to everyone, because I suppose you'll leave in the morning? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck, I don't... I'm sure you'll all do great and clear our names and everything. Um, it's been wonderful spending time with all of you. I know I'll see you again. I hope I'll see you, you guys. If you'll come visit. Ford, you know, either way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the beginning you're like, I didn't realize that this voice would be this hard to keep up. And it's okay to let it change. And maybe that's what it was meant to be all along to begin with. Beautiful thought. Yeah. Critical Role Models is a Playing for Keeps podcast produced by Joshua Selesnik and Avora Lewis. Thank you to Sarah Vinci for her help in getting this podcast off the ground and for creating our music. And thank you to Amy Santana at Amy's Art Animations for creating our podcast cover art. You can follow us on Instagram at Critical Role Models. And we thank you all for listening.